Danny, if you could get a tattoo, what would you get? Um, if I were to get a tattoo, what would it be? It would probably be a Kobe Bryant tattoo, just like the Mamba logo on my forearm. Um, that's cool. I was thinking, like, you would do like, uh, like LeBron James, not as a king, but like as a jester, because you hate him so much. Uh, I don't even respect LeBron James enough to be a jester. Yeah, plus, I mean, that means that LeBron James' face would be on your body. Right, and that would be the worst mistake I made in my life. Well, I don't know. There's probably worse ones. But welcome back to We Want Our Sonics Back, uh, the podcast about the NBA, not about tattoos. Although, Danny, I'm pretty sure you're going to get one at some point in your life. Uh, We'll see. It might not be on purpose. I'm just saying. (laughs) That's true. Bachelor parties. You know, speaking about parties, uh, the Lakers, we've been we've been celebrating a little bit the last couple of days, had some free time on our hands after taking care of the Rockets. Man, uh, were you surprised with how easy it was for the Lakers to beat the Rockets? Mm, one second. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, that's pretty much what the series was. <laughs> it was a big yawn. <laughs> um Yes, that's what I did think of the series as my dog is barking. Um, (laughs) It was pretty boring. I fell asleep a few times because I'm just like, wow, the Rockets just suck. Are they like trying to throw this series right now? No one's playing defense. No one's making shots. Yeah. I thought I was a little surprised. And as I said last week, I might. I don't know, the small ball is starting to grow on me, but after watching the rest of the series, I'm just like, I take back that comment. Yeah, it was the offensive rebounds, man. It killed them. Like, I mean, when you had, like, obviously AD getting a bunch of rebounds, LeBron getting a bunch of rebounds, but that's every game. But then you have, like, Rondo getting a bunch of rebounds, and, like, these small guys were able to out jump them and out box them out <laughs> and we're able to get like tons of second chance opportunities and the Lakers took advantage of it. Right. I, I was just surprised, like I said, and you know, Rondo was doing Rondo was kind of looking like old Rondo for a couple games there. Yeah. And what is Rondo? Playoff like 35 Rondo. now? Like, yeah, come on. The Rockets must really suck. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, Mike D'Antoni, uh, his system, I think, is flawed, and we talked about that in the last podcast, but now he's going to take that system, and he's packed up his bags, and he's heading out of Houston. He had uh, a press release the other day saying that him and his wife have loved their time in Houston, but they're moving on to their next opportunity. Um do you think that that Mike D'Antoni got fired? I think he did. I think it was just a nicer way of them saying they just that he's fired. 
by just yeah. saying they agreed to part ways and blah blah blah. I yeah, think... everyone's saying it was mutual, but I mean, everyone saw it like this this year. Maybe maybe not Maury, but like everyone else was just like, ah, if they lose, I don't see how Mike D'Antoni can fix this roster. And, and that I like, I'm pretty sure that the organization is going to be taking a total left turn here away from that style of play. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I think Daryl Morey kind of likes that style of play though. Yeah. He is the analytics King. So maybe, maybe you see something there that he likes and wants to build upon, but definitely not with Dan Tony at the helm. Right. But who else? Are they going to have to come in and do that system though? Because not many players, not many coaches run that system. Yeah, I was trying to think about that earlier today, and I can't think of another coach who runs that style of play who can just fit in with the roster that they have in Houston. Like, not one. Right. I mean, I can think of some coaches that maybe run like a similar system but not completely the whole small ball lineup where your tallest guy is PJ Tucker playing center. I mean, yeah. maybe Alvin Gentry because he was a assistant under Dan Tony in Phoenix for a while. And so his system is kind of similar to it, but not very similar to it. Yeah. I think, I think what's going to happen is that you have like, Oklahoma City and the Rockets are constantly like interchanging players. So I feel like they're just going to interchange coach and, and Billy Donovan's going to come to Houston and try to do something there and it's not going to work. But that that's that's my prediction of who's going to be in Houston. But what do you think about Mike D'Antoni? Where do you think he's going to end up? Cuz everybody's saying 76ers, but there's actually a bunch of different teams that have uh, that open position for coach right now. Um I think Mike D'Antoni could go to the Pelicans. Yeah. I could see that happening just because of Lonzo Ball. You know, maybe Mike D'Antoni thinks, hey, I could make this guy good. Then you have a really athletic guy in Zion Williamson where he can run a lot of pick and rolls, which is what Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire did. Obviously, two different players. And one's going to be a billion times better than Amari Stoudemire. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I mean, Amari Stoudemire back in the day was pretty good. Uh, you, I like, I, I kind of think of him as the original Dwight Howard, but uh, maybe a little bit less on the defensive end. By little, I mean a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I can offensively, see that. he was a Dwight Howard. Um, yeah, I. I think that's actually a really good call because you got a lot of offense there uh, in New Orleans. Like you got Brandon Ingram, you got Zion Williamson. uh, Then, of course, you got Lonzo Ball running point. Like you said, Uh, he could definitely do that uh, just running gun style of play. So that I think that's the most logical place where he would end up. But as far as everyone saying he's going to end up with the 76ers, uh, I don't think that could work <laughs> at all. No, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> no, because like, I mean, you think about, all right, he had Amari Stratemeyer. Um, 
Joel Embiid is not Amari Stoudemire. No. Like, not even close. Could you imagine Joel Embiid running up and down the court like that? Like, I mean, he'd be winded after, like, like halftime. <laughs> he right. would not be recovered. <laughs> like, this guy is is not, you know, like the, you know, high-flying kind of athletic center. He's the guy you sit underneath the post and let him do Shaq kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. That's why I think it would be an awful fit. Because yeah. Joel Embiid wants the ball in the post a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And do you ever see many big men posting up in Mike D'Antoni's offense? Uh, like never. <laughs> exactly. So that would not work. What I could possibly see is them maybe trying to trade Joel Embiid for a good point guard and maybe have Simmons be the five. Because he's athletic. Yeah. Can't really shoot. Amari Stoudemire couldn't really shoot. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that could work. Um, you know, there's a lot of different scenarios. I think this summer, well, you know, I say summer because it's so, like, built into how we view – uh, the NBA season, uh, but I guess Christmas, this Christmas when we have free agency, uh, For real. Uh, I think that we're going to see a lot of changes around the NBA, and I'm expecting a lot of changes there with the 76ers. Uh, so maybe if Elton Brand has like an idea of what he's going to do, I could see Ben Simmons being a key piece in a D'Antoni system. Um, but I don't see Joel Embiid being part of that. So if out and get, yeah, like you're saying, like a, a really good point guard or, you know, one of those like high efficiency offensive players uh, who is athletic and will, you know, fit well with that run and gun kind of style, then maybe. But as it stands right now with that roster, uh, Philadelphia makes no sense to me. And I don't think that with those players that you would be all that attracted to a coach like Dan Tony. Like, you basically already had that in Brett Brown. Exactly. I, I just don't really see it. I mean, I get it because Mike Dan Tony's a very well-respected NBA coach. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think he's an okay coach. I don't think he's that great. I just think that everyone is reliving the old glory days of Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. That was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Let's focus on the present. He failed with one of the best point guards in Chris Paul. Yep. He absolutely, I don't even know. Was Russell Westbrook, did he even play in the last series? But (laughs) It didn't seem like it. (laughs) No, that was... That was just Brick City, and they got a – Rockets got a lot of problems on their hands, but that's a story for another podcast. Yeah, and we will talk about that in a future podcast once we get, you know, figured out with this timeline of how things are going to work with the NBA draft and NBA free agency. Uh, I, I'm sure that we will have plenty of time to dive through some of these teams and say – you know, where did the Rockets go from here? Where did the 76ers go from here? Some of these teams that, you know, had so much potential but kind of floundered here in the bubble. 
that we will definitely be breaking all that down. Um, but let's let's move on uh, because we got. I mean, today we're recording this on a Tuesday, and today is like one of the most exciting NBA days that I can think of. Maybe you know, obviously when the bubble started, that that was so exciting, and and the playoffs getting started and having all these games and this almost. March Madness type of feel. Um, but today, it, with just two games, is one of the most exciting NBA days for me because we got Miami and Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals starting us off today. Uh, this is going to be an exciting series. Yeah, this is um, one series that we we talked about last week. Uh, just for a little bit about how good a Celtics Heat matchup could be. Yeah, and I am—I don't know which I'm more excited for tonight. Is it the Celtics or the Heat or the Nuggets and Clippers? Right, like both of those games are going to be insane. Right, I mean you got Game Seven and then you got Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals, which is shaping up and what should be on paper. Like a seven-game series, close games throughout. So I'm excited, man. Uh, Heat are playing great. Celtics may have stumbled a little bit in their last series, but they're still pretty good. I mean, who knows? Maybe Gordon Hayward could return this series too. Yeah, if if Gordon Hayward can come back, I think that would be a huge advantage uh, for Boston because they are such a better team when he's on the court. Right. I mean, he just adds that extra. He's a good defender, a good shooter, can give you 20 points on any given night. And plus it allows Marcus Smart to go off to the bench, Mm -hmm. to go back to the bench, which role he's best suited for is the sixth man coming off and providing that spark of energy, playing good defense and knocking down some threes lately. Well, yeah, and I mean, even if you think about that, Marcus Smart has been on fire the last couple games. Um, he'll be open if Gordon Hayward is on the court. You know, they aren't, they aren't going to be able to guard him as closely because they'll also be guarding uh, the three-point line against Gordon Hayward. Uh, so even that would open up a lot more for him, which would be, uh, I mean, a huge opportunity for Boston. But, uh, I mean, obviously – the storyline as far as shooting goes is Miami's three point shooters with Duncan Robinson, Tyler hero, um, you know, even, even Dragic sometimes, <laughs> but you got, you got a lot of three point shooters on Miami. Do you think that Boston could defend both the interior with Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler driving and the exterior with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and basically all their three-point assassins out there. Do you think Boston can handle that? Because I think that's the real storyline for this series. Um, I think if anyone, if any team in the bubble is best suited to handle that is the Celtics. Just because of their the size of their wing players, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum can go out and he can switch one through five, essentially. Yeah. They have guys that can switch on to bigger guys. Um, 
Defending the three-point line against Miami is so tough, though, because they're just such a good shooting team. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to completely shut them down, but I don't think they're going to have as many open looks as they did last series. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be a much closer series because, I mean, let's, let's be honest, um, Miami just, man, they killed uh, against, against Milwaukee. They just, I mean, demolished them. And what we've seen with the Celtics, I mean, they, they are a, a gritty team. They're a tough team, and they're tough defensively when they need to be. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to do against Miami. This is, I mean, if you had asked me, like, after maybe the first round, uh, or at least midway through the first round, what would be m- my dream scenario of an Eastern Conference Finals? This would be the two teams that I, I wanted to see play. Now, I had Toronto uh, advancing to the East. We, we talked about our predictions a while back. Um, but, I mean, they, they didn't play super great in the bubble. Um, and Boston just, I mean, they, their chemistry has been outstanding. And, and so they were able to really lock them down. And really, they should have beat them, let's be honest, with that .5 second shot. Uh, they should have beat them in four games, maybe five games. But then they even had the grit to to get through with a game seven against the defending champs. And, I mean, that was that was a great finale. And now we have this, like, gritty team up against, like, this really, I, I mean, in some ways, flashy team with Miami. And it's it's just it's just kind of, like, perfect, man. I, I am so excited for this series. Right. Because, and if you think about it too, like none of, none of these guys in this series, the Celtics and Heat, are really superstars. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of these just kind of good players on a team that are all clicking well at the same time. I mean, in all due respect, these are very good players, but they wouldn't be in the upper echelon of superstars sure and you just have like these little um these young guys out there with tatum brown then on the other side you have bam tyler hero duncan robinson and so i think it's just going to be a really fun series and i'm excited man yeah i mean in a couple years i think we'll look back at this series and be like, that was the series that really led to... Because, I mean, Jimmy Butler is on that trajectory. He's a household name, um, but he's on that trajectory to be in the top tier of best NBA players. And Jason Tatum, I mean, he he's almost there. So I think in a couple years, we'll look back on this series as Jimmy Butler versus Jason Tatum and... It'll it'll just be like one of those epic knockout drag out fights, you know. Uh, so it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch it. Here's the hoping for a good series, and it doesn't yeah. disappoint. Yeah, I mean, 
it, it would be actually pretty funny if Miami just continued what they've been doing and almost sweep them, <laughs> you know, like uh, one, one of the most unlikely um, sweeping teams, you know, <laughs> like no one would have expected. I mean, Miami is what, like eight and two? Eight yeah, and I one. Think, I think they only lost one game. Yeah, they're eight and one. Like they're the winningest team in the bubble. Because the Lakers are eight and two, I think. Yeah, they lost game one in each series. Yeah, so it it would be it'd be interesting if you know Miami just breaks all those molds and uh, all the barriers that people said. Oh well, they'll have a hard time against Indiana, and of course they're going to have a hard time against the the regular season champs with the Bucks and just like demolished them. It'd be kind of funny as far as. NBA analysts and you know all the TV shows because all of us would just be befuddled. <laughs> but uh, I'm expecting a game seven in this series. Yeah, I'd be disappointed if there wasn't a game seven. Yeah, definitely. Um, but let's talk about a game seven because not only do we have the Eastern Conference uh, Finals starting today, uh, we've got game seven. Uh, it's it even sounds weird as I say it game seven uh, with the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Clippers how in the world did we get here Dan I have no idea I thought they went up 3-1 I was like it's over Denver has no chance and just like watching that game I think what was it game three like where they were just so close but they just didn't have enough at the end. I thought, this is how the rest of the series is going to go. And then look, here we are. Denver came back from a 16-point deficit in Game 6, and now we're sitting here in Game 7, and anything can happen in Game 7. Yeah, that's right, man. Oh, my goodness. Like, I'm right with you. Uh, I counted Denver out after Game 1. Like, I knew that they went back-to-back, so, like, they weren't going to win that game, most likely. Uh, Because, I mean, that would be almost an impossible task. Uh, But, like, the way that they got beat, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Clippers are just going to, you know, either sweep them or it'll be done in five. And, you know, they're just way too good uh, for Denver. And then Denver just kept on fighting and kept on fighting in each game. They would make little runs. And now, like, we're at this weird point where Denver can actually beat the Clippers tonight. Like, and I feel like all the pressure, like Jokic said in his post-interview, all the pressure is really on Los Angeles. And the Nuggets are just playing free. They're playing hard. Uh, And, like, I don't know if I've ever seen a team with this much heart because it really feels like they're just like playing not with necessarily skill, although they are skilled. Uh, I like, and again, this is a number three seed. So it's not like a number eight, you know, battling it up. Uh, But at the same time, I just feel like this team has so much heart that they have like this willpower to be able to somehow overcome any obstacle. And I am, so excited to see if they can overcome the Clippers. I mean, you got Kawhi, 
you got PG. You got like the sixth man of the year and the runner up on this team. You know, you got a great team with the Los Angeles Clippers. And yet we're going to a game seven. It's insane. Right. I mean, just like on paper, it doesn't look good. Like the Clippers just have so much firepower. Mm-hmm. Then here's these young guys coming up, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. I mean, what a duo those two are. But Yeah, man. And then they're coming up, and they're just like, everyone's counting us out. You know what? We'll show them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, can I root for a team, considering you root for the Lakers? Like, can I be biased for a second? Do it, man. Let your bias show. I want the Nuggets to win this series so bad. Me <laughs> I'm too. Rooting Me so too. Hard for the Nuggets, I'm nervous for them already. Like yeah. this is the same level of like excitement slash nervousness that I get when I watch a Seahawks game. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for it. I want the Nuggets to win so bad. Yeah. Uh, like obviously. Another drinking game. I, <laughs> I, I'm a Lakers fan, um, so I, I, I am rooting to not play against the Clippers. I'll be honest. <laughs> like, uh, if the clip, if the Clippers can finally get their act together, uh, then I mean they they are a scary team to play. Um, I would much rather play Denver, but also, I just want Denver to win because I want Denver to celebrate. Like they've. I mean, even against Utah, I mean, that was a great series, but let's remember that Utah had them licked, you know, they, they, it looked like that Utah was going to win, you know, everyone's talking about Donovan Mitchell and then Jamal Murray just comes out of almost nowhere. And it's just like, no, this is my series, you know? And then, and then this series here, ah, man, they like, there's no way that they should have been able to get to a game seven. But it was on sheer willpower from Jamal Murray, from Nikola Jokic, uh, from, I mean, even old man Paul Millsap, <laughs> you know, showing up uh, late in the third and fourth quarters. Like, these guys are putting it on the line. And, I mean, they're playing like there's no tomorrow. And, and they've been doing it consistently throughout the playoffs here. And, uh, you know, their backs up against the wall, sure. Uh, but so is Los Angeles. And I, I mean, this last game, Kawhi didn't look like he knew what was going on. He looked so confused. And uh, Paul George, you know, he said, oh, we got ourselves into this situation. We'll have to get ourselves out. You know, it's nothing. I'm, you know, I'm trusting my teammates, all those kind of things. But they look embarrassed. They look embarrassed for how they've played. And Denver just looks excited that they have this opportunity. And I'll take excitement over embarrassment any day for how they can advance beyond that. And, and I really think that Denver has a good shot at winning this game. I mean, all, everything in my brain says Los Angeles should win. But everything in my heart <laughs> says I want Denver to win. Right. I mean, like you said, they came back from 3-1 in the last series. And if they did it again, like, 
my goodness, like that would be just so cool to come back from two three one deficits mm-hmm. to win in game seven. Yeah. Like that's tough. Yeah. I mean, not as tough as it would be last year because you don't have to deal with home crowds and home court advantages or, no, or nothing like that. But still, I mean, the Clippers are a very good team. And also, what kind of dominoes would fall if the mm. Clippers would lose tonight? Like, Man. that would be a historic disappointment. Yes. Yes, it would. And, like, everyone was already saying, oh, well, they're going to be champs. You know, it'll be them versus the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Let's just fast forward to that, you know. And for them not to make it would would be like what people are saying. Clippers going to clip. <laughs> like they, they, they've done this throughout their history of being like, you know, like even Lob City. Like, I mean, we know that term and we know that team. But they didn't win anything, you know, like they were a huge disappointment. And I th- I think that the Clippers might just fall back into that rut of what the organization has done throughout its history, you know, either be in the gutter for a long time or rise up out of the gutter with a really strong team only to disappoint when it matters most. Uh, so, yeah, th- there would be so many dominoes that would fall. Um, and also... Like you're talking about, uh, you know, it would have been harder last year. I don't know if that's true because Denver is one of the few teams that it is always their advantage when it comes to like the playing, um, you know, uh, on your court versus their court, because you got to go to Denver and you got to go be in those mountains. And that is not an easy thing to do to play at that high level, both like your skill wise, but also altitude like that messes with you. So they always have an advantage and, and this year they don't have that. And still, still they're doing this. So I'm excited. It's going to be great. Right. I think one thing too, I think tonight if Denver is going to win and we're recording this on a Tuesday before the game. Yep. I think if Denver is going to win, Jamal Murray is going to have to score 30. I think you're right with talking about Jamal Murray having to score 30 points tonight. Uh, I'll even go that plus Nikola Jokic has to get at least a double-double, if not a triple-double, because he is one of the main facilitators on the court. Uh, He is one of the main rebounders on the court, obviously, as their center. Uh, And he needs to play at his highest level i mean jamal murray last couple games um he's been good when it matters most but he hasn't been playing like that you know 50 point game like he had against donovan mitchell he's he's not playing like that he's you know really scoring when he needs to uh but nikola Jokic, he doesn't get that luxury uh nikola Jokic has to grab all those rebounds facilitate the ball and score if they're going to have any chance at beating Los Angeles. But the great thing is, is that he's been doing that this entire series. I mean, let, like, let's be honest. Uh, where is Harold? Right. That's the sixth man of the year. 
sixth man of the year, one of the best, you know, defensive players, at least by uh, popularity wise. And he can't guard Jokic, or at least he hasn't. Jokic has been dominating. So if he can do that tonight and Jamal Murray can, you know, score at a little bit higher of a level like he was in the last series, then I think that, yes, Denver could very well win this game, which would make everyone, I think, who is a fan, not, you know, everyone who has something riding on it with like being a Clippers fan or, you know, analysts or any like anybody in media. But uh, I think as fans, we would all be really happy with that. Uh, yeah, I think we all I, I would be very happy with it. Man, what a great playoffs it's been, man. It's it's been so much fun. Game sevens, you know, these like intense scenarios, 0.5 second winning shots. Like this has been awesome. And we get more of it tonight. Oh, it's great. Go Nuggets. Yeah, man. Well, uh, you let us know. Who do you have winning? Uh, probably not game seven because we'll get this uploaded hopefully today. Uh, but, uh, who do you have winning in the Western conference finals? Who do you have winning in the Eastern conference finals? Who do you got winning it all? Which I will throw back to you, Dan. Like, let's just make a quick little thing. Who do you have winning it all now? Celtics. All right. I still got Lakers. Cause I'm going to, I'm, I'm ride or die, man. Like my bias is totally showing. But I think they got a good chance now that they've kind of figured out a couple little roster things. But you let us know who you have winning. Uh, you can do so by going to our Twitter at We Want Our Sonics and let us know what you think. And until next time, we want our Sonics back. <laughs>